This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to Imaginary Worlds, a show about how we create them and why we suspend our disbelief. I'm Eric Malinsky. Hello, and welcome to the Creature Double Feature. So when I was a kid, I used to watch something called the Creature Double Feature. It was on Channel 56, back when there were UHF channels. It was every weekend afternoon. And there were black and white monster movies from the 50s. And the funny thing is, I didn't even like them that much. But in those days, you just kind of watched whatever was on. It was, you know, that or candlepin bowling. Now, usually in this show, I delve into genres that mean a lot to me, but I'm just as fascinated by stuff that other people obsess over. It's like another layer of mystery to me. Like, what is this cult following about? And in this case, I'm not talking about giant insects or 50-foot woman or King Kong. I'm talking about the big guy. When did you first see him? Do you remember? Ah, uh, I do. It was Godzilla versus Megalon. It was on Channel 9, which was a local station when you grew up in the New York tri-state area, and my brother had been watching it. And as with all things, because I looked up to him, I started watching it too. Dave Sarchuk is a journalist in Louisville, and he is the most Godzilla-obsessed friend that I know. And it was like a real living dinosaur, which I also loved because I was four, by the way, who could shoot fire. I'm 43, by the way, and my feelings are still strong about this. Who could shoot fire and destroyed cities. It was the best thing of all time. And he thinks Godzilla is one of those characters that just gets under your skin because you first encounter him as a kid. Godzilla is exciting for children to see because Godzilla does not need to have impulse control. Godzilla has the essence of a massive toddler inside of him if Godzilla gets pissed off at something or better yet someone or some giant animal or being attacking him Godzilla acts and Godzilla attacks back and that is extremely gratifying that makes sense I mean Godzilla is a giant toddler knocking over buildings in a big temper tantrum and he's not human so it's okay He's an animal, and the more they try to spell out why Godzilla does what he does, and the more they try to make it clear what Godzilla's agenda may be, kind of the worse the movies are. But in the beginning, yeah, Godzilla is mysterious. He comes from the sea, and he goes back to the sea. Somehow they can't ever track him, and he just comes and goes when he does. He's a force of nature in his own way. And then there's this other thing. And that, that sound, the second I hear it, I'm five years old again. And it doesn't matter how many times I hear it, 
because in a given Godzilla movie, <laughs> you're going to hear it a lot. I love it every single time. It sounds like the thing that you really love about Godzilla is the simplicity of yes. it. You know, you, you don't have to watch Godzilla and then go watch the three spinoff movies of the other main characters <laughs> that when you get to the second Godzilla movie, if you haven't watched the other three, you don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's just like there's 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 a purity and simplicity to him. And yeah, it's a simple thing. There's a problem. And Godzilla is either is the problem or he solves the problem. He is ultimately our problem. He's our collective guilt for dropping a nuclear bomb or trashing the environment. Because, like, in, in the end, the bad guy is really us. And Godzilla's fighting something we kind of did. But I think the ultimate appeal of Godzilla, and the thing that really fascinated me the most when I was a kid watching those movies, is the suit itself. The character in the costume really walk a fine line that separates humans from animals. And the funny thing is an actor can stand upright in a Godzilla suit because the design reflects the scientific thinking of the 1950s as to how a Tyrannosaurus Rex would move. A guy moving in a rubber Godzilla suit in slow motion, as cheesy and as corny as it sounds, is far more chilling to me as a viewer than clearly something with computer animation that no matter how good it gets, it's not quite there yet. To be honest, the only thing I liked about the 2014 Godzilla movie was that the digital Godzilla walked on two feet like there was a person inside of him. He wasn't a Jurassic Park-type dinosaur like he was in the 1997 Godzilla film. But if you want to see a really interesting Godzilla video, there's one on YouTube of the actor who played Godzilla in the original films trying on the suit one last time, years after he retired. And it's so interesting to watch him kind of rediscover that inner monster through pure movement. If, if you were back in 1954, you know, those guys in Japan, they wanted to do uh, claymation, but they couldn't. It just wasn't practical for them. So the next best thing to do was, all right, well, let's, all right, let's put a guy in a suit. Jim Fazar is part of a subculture of fans that make Godzilla suits from scratch. His introduction to Godzilla was almost identical to Dave Surchuk. Jim was watching UHF stations as a kid with his older brother, Ron. I mean, Jimmy might not remember quite as much as I do. Things changed for us then in getting into the late 70s. You know, our, our parents split up and, you know, our, our mom, especially after the divorce, would let, you know, me fall asleep watching the Yankees. She didn't know anything about monster movies or right. sci-fi and things like that. In fact, <clears throat> to this day, she has a disdain for it. Um, whenever we talk about it, she acts like there's some like we have three heads each, you know. <laughs> and uh, so she she would never put that on. You know, we would have to find that stuff on our own. But uh, on weekends, specifically Sundays, uh, with our father, you know, we put on whatever we want. Ron eventually outgrew Godzilla, but his little brother Jim never did. In fact, years ago, he set out to make a Godzilla suit for Halloween. I took a week off of work to start building this thing in like, I don't know, September? Thinking thinking two months would be plenty of time. <laughs> so what I did, yeah, I worked you know day and night and I was staying up to three in the morning and then going to work at eight and then leaving work at right at five and driving to my brother's house because he had a huge basement and that was where I, I had everything where, you know, all set up. 
you know, then as the, the days and weeks passed, you know, I would just night after night see <laughs> different supplies showing up, you know, <laughs> chicken wire, glue, all different kinds of glues, um, foam rubber. Yep. Um, I have speakers inside the chest. So if I tap my, uh, my right hand, if I take my fingers and tap my, uh, my palm, there's a little button in there that makes a, a, one roar, his classic roar. And then on the other hand, if you tap, tap your other palm, it makes like a smaller roar. Jim became so consumed with this costume, it was one of the reasons why his girlfriend broke up with him at the time. Eventually, she showed up at Jim's brother's house where Jim was working on it. And spent some couple hours here and there trying to mend Godzilla, but also mend our relationship at the time. <laughs> it worked out. They actually got married. The costume. I even had a few friends come over and try to help out with, uh, with a couple of the minor details at the end, but we just couldn't get it finished. I was so close to, to getting it done, and then, ugh. Jim sunk into a depression until he decided, you know what? There's always next Halloween. The next summer, he started working on it so he could make sure it was definitely ready for October 31st. And it was. It was ready way, way early. In fact, after all that work, the idea of just wearing this costume to trick or treat felt really anticlimactic. So he set his sights on the biggest costume contest in the area at this very trendy nightclub. And there was a thousand dollar, you know, cash prize at the biggest event of Rochester. So I, you know, talking to Ronnie, I'm like, I need a handler. You know, I need that someone to walk next to me and, you know, help me get in and out of this suit, etc. The reaction was, yeah, was extremely positive yeah, yeah. before we even got to the front door. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it was clear uh, just approaching the place that we were going to make a big splash. When we when we got there and you know got inside, there were some girls yeah. with with clipboards, and I don't know what you guys talked about. I can't remember if we actually gave them your real name, but we're like, yeah. Godzilla's on the list. Godzilla's I mean, right Godzilla's there. Godzilla's in the contest. Godzilla's you know. in the, his house. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign us up. We're, you know, just, you know, get us our name on and we'll be ready to go when the contest starts. But the place was huge and they didn't notice when the costume contest had started. Also, Jimmy was overheating in the costume. Oh, yeah. And oh. probably had a garbage plate the night before <laughs> or the day, be- the day of, you know, something, you know, that wasn't a great idea and had to go to the bathroom. A garbage plate is a local Rochester specialty. Hot dogs, beans, baked beans, and um, home fries. Yeah, yes. And with hot sauce. It's like meaty hot sauce spread all over it with onions and mustard all just thrown on top, and it looks like a, just a plate of garbage. You need to be young and healthy to digest that thing. And even then... Ronnie's like, I'm going to wash the suit. Don't worry about it. And I finally come back after horrific stuff that happened in the bathroom that I don't want to talk about to anybody. I come back and Ronnie's in the suit. I was worried at the time because I wasn't sure what was going on with the contest. And I, I knew there was there was stuff going on. You could hear the noise and stuff. And when he finally came from back from the bathroom, I was ready to go. And then that's when I hear, all right, we're going to bring up the finalists. And that's when I was like, WTF? Oh, my God. Yeah. And I like, told Ron, and I said, don't worry, I'm running up to the judges. And I ran to the judge, and I literally jumped, pretty much jumped up on stage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? There's Godzilla here. How did you not see him? And in their faces, 
honestly, to me, I thought they seemed unique and serious and authentic when they're like, what are you talking about? We didn't see any Godzilla. And there was nothing they could do because they already had the finalists up there getting applause and everything. It's not like they could do a rejudging. It was, you know, there's a thousand drunk people and... And they were lame. <laughs> Those are the lamest finalists I've ever seen. Judges. Um, we got... We got screwed. screwed. Yeah. <laughs> now, up until this point, for like the last 14, 15 months, Ron has watched with sort of detached amusement as his brother became obsessed with Godzilla and the suit. But in this moment, suddenly, Ron felt an incredible rage. So, you know, Ron is still wearing his brother's Godzilla suit, and he burst through the crowd, rampaging towards the stage. I mean, I was kind of ticked off, and, uh... He hulked out! <laughs> he, he literally I was, turned green on the inside. I was like, yeah, I was like, we're not going away without being seen. You know, I, as best I could tell, I kind of plodded and plowed my way towards the stage. But he knocked everything over, because that's what Godzilla does. I, you know, I feel good about the fact that he knocked some people out of the way. <laughs> to me, from the outside, the watching my brother do this, I had like this pride and this <laughs> it was just overwhelming. I, I felt bad for a couple of the people that he hit. They never got to compete in the contest, so they left. Ron could not calm down. He was I mean, fuming. Yeah, just no. Just fuming. I was I was worried about our safety because you were driving, right? Oh, yeah. And I was, <laughs> no, I, I was angry because of how much I knew he put into it. You know, yeah. his heart, his soul, his money, his time. I, I saw this thing go from just, you know, a glimmer in his eye to the actual finished product. But Jim decided he was not going to let another Halloween feel ruined. He created a website called Becoming Godzilla that detailed the history of how he created the costume, hoping to inspire other people. I wanted to build something for others so that they would have a better time or better time or easier time building their own costume than I did. It was me trying to do something for Godzilla fandom that no one else has ever done. A dozen people contacted Jim from around the country. They wanted to follow his lead or they were already making their own costumes and they just kind of wanted to join his website. Eventually, they all met at G-Fest, which is a huge Godzilla convention in Chicago. Jim got to parade his costume around for a crowd that really appreciated it. He went back for years afterwards and really helped build up the G-Fest costume contest. And then finally one day, he got an email from a German production company asking if they could buy his Godzilla suit. You'd think you'd say no, but... Yeah, I just thought I'd throw out the number and see what happens, and, you know, I said, hey, $3,000? They said, sure. I said, you're paying for shipping? Okay. I said, all right, this is good. All right, so uh, you send me a check, and I'd be happy to send it to you. I spent a lot of time, and it was a little sad. It was definitely a little sad, because I spent so much time, and it was almost like a, a family member in a way I was saying goodbye to, but... You know, I have real family members <laughs> now that take precedence and I could use the money. And I'd already, I'd kind of taken it to its fullest extent. Did you have any second thoughts about it? Oh, yeah. I, I, I definitely considered it for a few hours. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had to make a decision quick. I was like choking up a couple times because I was just so many hours and so much time and so much like 
not blood, but well, actually a little bit of blood. Um, my wife was completely surprised that I actually went through with it. She didn't think I would. And she said she didn't think she could have done it if it was her. I know that hardcore fans want the Godzilla franchise to go on forever. And I get that. But we've seen our cities destroyed over and over again with all these different digital menaces. And I feel like I've lost my sense of wonder and revulsion. And we have these wonderful old Godzilla movies. You can watch them anytime you want. Does there need to be another one? Godzilla is the most charismatic giant monster that's ever been created. He is the most charismatic giant monster that will ever be created. Dave Surchuk says, keep him coming. It's not an American phenomenon, though it might be made in America. It's really not Japanese anymore, which is kind of a sad bit of cultural appropriation. He kind of belongs to the world, and I think he's, in essence, getting restarted. It's funny, I get the feeling that Godzilla himself would be perfectly happy to just chill out under the sea. But we keep drawing him out, because I think we need him more than he needs us. Up from the depths, 30 stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky, Godzilla, 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 and Godzilla. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Jim and Ron Fazar and Dave Serchuk. Imaginary Worlds is part of the Panoply Network. You can like the show on Facebook or leave a comment on iTunes. Tweet at Malinsky. My website is imaginaryworldspodcast.org. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.